Blog Talk Radio. Everybody listening to Frights of the Roundtable. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and tonight we have two awesome guests. Uh, one was a last-minute, um, you know, ask, but we're really happy that he's able to come on and do this, and we're very gracious. Um, that's uh, Chris Owen Ray. How are you doing, Chris? Doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. And uh, the other guest has been on my show for the Independent Corner before. <laughs> But uh, this would be, actually, I think he's done that twice, and this would be the uh, first uh, time on Frights of the Roundtable. Please welcome John Johnson. How are you doing, John? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Pretty fantastic. All right. Um, so basically this show, what I'll do is I'll interview uh, both of you guys. I'll ask you guys the same question, and then, but, uh, you know, individually. And then if you guys want to cross-talk about anything, that is fine. You know, just feel free, um, and uh, it's pretty much an open forum. But the uh, first question off the bat is, uh, you've both been filmmaking for a while. Um, do you feel like it's gotten any easier for you, or do you feel like it's never really easy? Um, John? Uh, well, I definitely think that the technology has made things a lot easier from my early days of editing VCR to VCR. Um, that old school analog and the fact that social media is the powerhouse that it is has made my stuff uh, I would say exceptionally uh, easier to get resources and to connect with those that we want to you know our fans that we show the films to and the people that we get to work on right definitely Uh, what do you think Chris well, I think it's definitely gotten better and easier to to to, to make films, especially in the indie community. Um, I, I've grown up in this business from the time of about four years old, so about 30, 33 years now, and watching everything from, you know, the old 16 to Super 8 to, you know, everything going up to now where you're using, you know, the red the red cards and, and just, I mean, even, even with the red, you know, everyone's saying the workflow in the red is a little complicated. It's still easier than easier and cheaper than trying to develop your 16 millimeter or your 35. So, you know, in any community, that uh, the money that you save in development is, uh, is a huge deal. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, you know, and, that, and that's one of the things that I definitely wanted to touch upon was technology and how much different things have gotten from back in the day. Um Especially editing, um, you know, Final Cut Pro is definitely something that, or Adobe or whatever you end up using, is definitely uh, much more helpful than doing uh, tape to tape. <laughs> um, and now the high, uh, another question I have about that kind of stuff is: the higher the budget, do you think it's the more stressful, or do you feel it's less stressful for the project, or does it depend on the particular project, uh, Sean? Um, well, it's, it's a different kind of stress. Um, like when you're on the, the no budget realm, uh, to extremely low budgets, there's just, how do you do this? 
And then when there's money involved, it's, it's how do I get other people to do this? Um, so it gets a little complicated. Um, I've had some good luck and bad luck on both sides, but I would say they're both very stressful. They just They're just kind of a different kind of stress. Right. What do you think, Chris? I really think it depends on the position. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I produce and uh, direct. So, um, on, on the producing side of it, it definitely, you know, the, the more money you have, the, the easier some things are and, and the harder and more stressful other things are. Uh, as a director, you know, always, always, always give me more money. <laughs> makes, makes my life so much easier. Right. I mean, you can't really have a two-headed shark attack if you, you know, at all if you don't have money to to do it, to pull it off and make it look good, right? Two two-headed shark attack is a that's a funny example, but I mean, that's you know, going to that was shot before the key. That that right there kind of made made that made the movie. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, do you feel like? All right, so I've heard people say kind of that every filmmaker, like every filmmaker has to have like a voice or at least something to say uh, when they're making a movie. Do you feel like that, that's exact, That's true even if you're like paid to, you know, paid for hire kind of work? Or do you feel like when you're kind of doing more stuff that you're paid to, you know, paid to do that, you know, that you don't necessarily have to have a voice in it? It, it depends. <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of the, the, also the position that you're at. If you're hired as a director, you want to, I mean, the goal is to love the material enough to be able to put your own voice on it without changing the material too much. But if you're working as like a DP or a producer or something to that effect, then it's it's it's, it's a different kind of atmosphere so you're not quite able to be as free as that if you're especially if you're working for somebody who else who already has a vision your job is to kind of help them make that vision versus taking it your own um i think that every filmmaker i think once they've made enough movies will definitely find their voice i think it took me a while i mean i made at least 50 films before i figured out and what my voice was. Right. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Well, I'm going I'm to just kind of ask you to clarify. Do you basically mean, when you're saying voice, do you mean basically leaving your own leaving your own creative mark? Is, is, is kind of what you're saying? It's creative mark or style or just having something necessarily that you want to say in each and every movie that you do. Well, no, I, I definitely try to make sure that my films, even depend, you know, no, no matter what the budget is, I try to make sure that when you look at it, you know, you know, even if I'm, you know, somebody hired me to do it, or if it's one of my own, um, you can tell that it's my style, it's it's what, the way I wanted to do it. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely like the, I guess the, the voice would be the would be a, a, a confirmed on that. Okay. Well. All right, so I want to also talk about like what's uh, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on set, uh, Johnny? Uh, um, well, I mean, there's been there's I don't know if there's one 
particular thing, but I've uh, I've been hurt uh, many many times. I've had a horse fall on me, crack two ribs, take my uh, kneecap and put it on the other side of my leg. I've been hit with a flail um, in the face. Um, I got myself into all this trouble, but uh, I guess it would just be the physical abuse. Um, we even put together a montage of videos of just because luckily we make movies, so when all these terrible things happen to me, somebody just so happens to be filming it. Um, so I would, I, it's hard to pick just one, but um, I know in Skeleton Key Zero, I jumped into a swimming pool that had frozen over with seven inches of ice. Uh, not the smartest thing in the world to do, but um, I think people just watching Jaws drop in the final picture is great. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, that, I guess just being damaged a lot on set. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Chris? Um... <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say, and everyone who knows me knows this story. But I'm gonna have to say, Shark Week is probably the craziest situation I've ever been in. Um, making that movie was a complete disaster. <laughs> uh, just everything from going going and shooting on some island in the Bahamas to getting people to refuse refusing to sign, you know, location agreements to one point in time having to pay a sum of money for you to get off the island and yeah. <laughs> it definitely was that's uh, uh, that more in detail of another time, but it's 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 a long story. But yeah, no, Shark Week was probably the 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 worst experience. <laughs> well, you know, and I have to ask about that. Did you guys get into any trouble with uh the the, the title Shark Week? No, I mean, I think they changed it now to Shark Island. I think it's what it's called now. Um, okay. But it, 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 um, when, it, when it premiered on Sci-Fi, it was still called Shark Week. <laughs> Just wondering, because, you know, obviously, because of Shark Week, it's it's got to be a tough thing to, you know. And I think, didn't you guys, like, premiere it during Shark Week or, like, right before it? Yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was either the week before or the week after. But yeah, they, they definitely they definitely timed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that's interesting. Um, so all right, so for both of you guys, uh, who's like, do you guys like working with um, like first time actors at all? Like, do you like kind of discovering people, or do you feel like everybody that you've worked with has to kind of um, I've already worked on something before. Uh, John? Oh, both. Um, I mean, obviously, the talent you hope is there, whether it's their first time or their 50th time. Uh, I've encountered some that is just their first movie and they're incredibly talented, and then some that's their first movie and it's not. And on the opposite side, guys who have worked for a long, long time but aren't exactly what you want. And, uh, you know, vice versa. So, I mean, I I would say both is fine as as long as the talent's there. Okay. What about you, Chris? Um, I really think it depends on the movie. Um, I'm always down to to find somebody or 
get somebody in and give them a first shot and, and see if they're any good at it. Um, but again, you know, if you've got uh, like an ensemble cast, it's really it's, I don't know if it's if it's right for that person to kind of stick them in the middle. You know, if you had four four either name actors or experienced actors, and you put one first timer in there, um, if the person isn't isn't prepared for it, it definitely is going to be a, a culture shock. So. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, now, uh, Johnny, you've done uh, Plan Nine, uh, so you've obviously already have done a remake. Uh, but yeah. what are, what is your like? What what are your feelings on uh, horror these days, and especially with remake? Uh, you know, with staying with remakes. Oh, that's a trap. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I'm I'm definitely hypocritical. I mean, the whole reason the Plan 9 even came to be in the beginning was complaining about remakes in general that I understand some, like if you get something that's, you know, extremely dated, you know, something that was a silent film or something in the 20s and you're trying to retell that story, I get. But remaking some of the films that I think still hold up is a little upsetting because some of the changes they make, you don't really understand why they make the changes. And that can become frustrating. Um, And, you know, the reason why we did Plan 9 is somebody said, all right, you're complaining about remakes so much. If you could remake anything in the world, what would you do? And I was like, well, I'd take a movie that wasn't looked at as a strong piece and try to make it that way, the way the uh, original filmmakers intended which got me into this whole thing. Interesting. Um, well, what about you, Chris? You know, as John said, it's a little bit of a trap here. But um, remaking—I mean, when we're talking about remakes, you know, I think one of the one of the better remakes was was the thing. But again, that goes back to a film that was, you know, back in the early the fifties. The original thing and Carpenter's thing is 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 pretty pretty amazing. And then don't they make another one? <laughs> Aren't there three things out there now? Um, the 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 other one I saw wasn't wasn't as appealing I, I think as the as the Carpenter one. So again, remaking the film is especially with the right intention for it. If if it comes out and it works, but you're, you're taking a risk by doing it. I think. Um, you know, Vision of Body Snatch is another great good example of, of the original and the you know, the remake not quite matching up with it. So Okay. Well, um what do you uh as far as do you feel like you're a uh actor's director or a technical director or both, uh, Johnny? Mm, I guess. I guess I'm more technical. Um, I, I'm, I'm very lucky to work with a lot of talented people that I don't have to coach so much. Um, I kind of let them do it, and I, I know it drives a lot of actors crazy because I don't do a lot of take. Um, but that, it's just a confidence thing. I, when, I, when I cast somebody, I usually have the confidence in them that I don't need to do much unless it's just, you know, tweaking. Um so I, I guess I would say technical more than uh, uh, an, an actor's director. Okay. Uh, what about you, Chris? 
Well, since you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not an actor, and I, that's the one thing I try not to do is, is tell tell an actor how to act. Really, I mean, it's kind of I've always been of the opinion you you're really just trying to help the actor from A to B, and if you know. Normally, if you have the right person in place, they they know they know their job and how to get there. So we just we just make sure we point them in the right direction. So I guess technical would be the correct term for it. Um, and then I think um, I, I was a, I was a cameraman in the Navy, so I think that kind of kind of works with that as well. So definitely definitely technical. Okay. Um, now you both produce, and you're both producers. Um, uh, do you feel like uh, you when you're directing that you have to also be a producer or do you feel like sometimes you can kind of let let that go and let somebody else take care of that? Uh, Johnny? Well, I, I kind of like having my fingers in every step of the process. However, on the producing side, having a really strong team around you makes it more comfortable to be able to <clears throat> to kind of oversee it, but at the same time, step back and let the wheel turn when you need to focus on, you know, making the movie, which is half and half a lot of times on the lower budget end where half of it's getting it ready and half of it's actually doing. Um, So I would say if you have a really strong team around you, you can kind of get away with murder. Okay. Uh, What about you, Chris? You know, hands down, I, I, I like I like having you know after your job. I like I like having a strong team around me, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, especially when you're when dealing with certain films, you know, um, Mercenaries, which was one of the more recent ones I did. The the the, the production team around me made it to where I didn't have to worry about anything going on, um, but but the film. So, you know, hands down, without without a doubt. If I can not have to worry about producing and just direct, it's a, it's a, it's a much it's a much better day for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mercenaries is uh, a perfect example because you had some very strong women that were in that film that were able, to, you know, basically help you, you know, uh, as far as actors actresses go, they were able to kind of come in there and and uh, pull their own. So, um, uh, great film. Um, and so I want to um, talk a little bit about, uh, like, uh, what, what's the first thing you do? And I've asked, I asked this in another interview before, but I really like this question. But what, what's the first thing you do when you go uh, when you come on set, uh, Johnny? Uh, make sure I'm wearing my pants. Uh, after that, um, I, uh, I mainly just do a roll call, but not a roll call as in... Um, like are they are they present? But just kind of gauge like how everybody's doing, and uh, if somebody might need a little bit more, um, not fluffing is the wrong word, but just like a little bit more attention that day. Like if they're having like crappy day or something to that effect, I like to kind of walk the crowd and see who you know whether it's the PA or an actor or a producer or you know try to get everybody uh, happy to be there. So I guess that's probably the first thing I do. Okay. Uh, what about you, Chris? Um, first, first thing I said, now it depends. Um, are we talking about producing or directing? The routine is different. Actually, both. 
Um, I mean, producing is kind of what John's saying. I, you can walk on and just make sure everyone's showing up and, 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 and people's mindset's in the right place. And if you've got anybody who's either, you know, look like they had a rough night or or may have some issues, you know, make sure you show, show that you're paying attention a little bit there the first part of the day. Um, as a director, it literally, I, I will uh, take my sides and I, I actually walk, usually walk the set by myself for about the first uh, 10 to 15 minutes and just kind of, kind of, you know, look and see what's going on and try to figure out how I'm going to do, kind of complete the day. And usually about halfway through that, my, my DP will show up and we, we kind of continue on. But that's, that's usually the, the first thing in the morning. And I, I didn't hear either of you guys say, I guess, get so the typical thing for directors is to get coffee, which I don't do on set as a director. And uh, I think it's because it upsets my stomach, you know, and I'm already usually a little nervous when I'm there. Um, but do you guys, like, make sure you're uh, caffeinated or, or anything like that? Uh, usually. I'm, I'm not quite uh, <clears throat> the coffee drinker, I guess. I, I would go more Red Bull um that kind of it's easy and quick uh and terrible for you but it somehow gets you that extra oomph when you need it. Uh, how about you, Chris? You know, I'm 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 gonna say I, I hate coffee even after, you know, seven years in the Navy and working for the government for six years. I I absolutely hate coffee but uh I, I do like my amp. I like my amp energy drink. <laughs> As John would know, I usually have knobs on my stuff, so that's that's yeah. my energy drink. <laughs> um, but uh, now, uh, when you guys start pre-production or whatever, um, like how long does it generally? I guess it depends on the film, really. But if it's like a, a quick, quicker film, like how long does it generally take from pre-production to production for you, um, John? Uh, it really depends on the the timeline of the project. Um, you know, of course, you'd want like you know six to you know six to eight weeks to do something that's a little larger. Um, but you know, when Plan Nine happened, it was like, okay, here's the money. You've got 30 days to be shooting. So it would happen. It like we didn't even know we were going to be able to make the movie until 30 days before we started rolling. So that was very intense. And I guess in a lot of ways it comes together a little easier when everybody's kind of under that adrenaline push. Um, but I mean, that's not the, I mean, if I could take a whole lot of time preparing, um, like the way I'm being able to do house of horrors, um, I know like I could put as much prep work into it, but the second money gets involved, timelines get involved and that kind of changes everything. Oh, uh, what about you, Chris? Um, you know, on average, I usually take between three to four weeks of prep, um, and that's you know and that's usually a, a monetary thing. Um, you know, if I if I have if I have the time, I always will take it. Um, but you know, yeah, that's, that's usually that's what we try to do. It's fifteen to twenty days. Uh, do the asylum give you three? You know, three to four uh, weeks of prep, or do they generally make you go right into it? 
Um, you know, we, we get we, we get the three to four weeks of prep. The 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 big thing with with the asylum is that your script is constantly changing, and you know that's really what causes a lot of the problems in any type of stuff we have on set, which is basically just re- rewrites as you shoot. You know, and that's that's really the the issue there. I mean, otherwise, you know. As you see, the, I did Asteroids versus Earth, which I had the script for three weeks with no rewrites. And, and you know, again, Mercenaries, um, I got the script almost five weeks out from shooting and no rewrites. You know, and, but that's, that's mm. kind of an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, now, uh, as far as dealing with, um, with talent again, um, do you guys have any... Uh, kind of horror stories about people on set with you, like uh, not not people in general, but like no, not like naming names, but just saying anything like, was there any? Um, have you ever had any people like, you know, not be able to show up because of stuff, and then having to to redo <clears throat> to redo things at the last minute, things like that, like any horror stories like that, um, John. Um, well, one of the, well, once again, a trap. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's been people who have been kind of difficult at times. Um, and that's, you know, on the smallest scale and the biggest scale. Like you might have somebody who comes in who is really, really talented and has a good fan basis in that local theater. Uh, and they they bring that to set, which gets complicated. But to be honest, the worst thing that keeps it's a constant thing is you take a bunch of attractive people, which horror movies usually call for. You put them in you put them in a room together. They become bunny rabbits, and then which is fine <laughs> at first until they stop liking each other, and then that gets that's that's the horror. Is like at first you see it coming, and you're like, oh no. They like each other, and then about a week later, they're not looking at each other anymore, and then that and it kind of gets it spirals out from there. I guess that would be the worst thing. <laughs> All right. What, what about you, Chris? Yeah, that, that, that's just that's a, that's a great point. <laughs> I, I've seen that so many times. It's not even funny. Um, you know. Yeah, you keep asking these questions, man. They're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> um, the, the, I, I think you know we've, we've had we've had everything from we've had you know I've had actors who are alcoholics. I've had um, I've had the, I've really fired actress on the way to set because of uh, her inability and and basically this inability to stay awake. I don't know. I don't know the full story there, but I kind of just, you know, made a call on my own accord and and uh, and basically told her she wasn't working on the movie. Um, you know, so there there was things like that that went on, and you know, then there's also things where you have you have somebody like what I'm saying, somebody ends up hooking up with somebody on set, and they show up and they're in an argument, and so now they don't they don't want to be on set together. So how do you? How do you make that work when they're in the rest of the movie together? <laughs> you know, so just all sorts of all sorts of fun things like that. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that happen too, and I mean, it's 
it, it happens. I mean, when you're, especially when you put two, uh, two people together to play like a romantic part, it's got to be tough sometimes for them to to not maybe be attracted to each other in some way. So it it gets uh, tough, but uh, I guess that's just part of the business. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's it's almost out of time. So I, what I want. What I basically want to do is uh, have you guys say what um, what you guys are both up to. So, Johnny, what, what are you what are you up to now? Oh uh, well, um, <laughs> I've got uh, the web series uh, Spooky Tales from the Dark. Uh, you can find on YouTube and Plan Nine uh, just released in Australia. Uh, we'll be releasing in Poland in the Middle East. Uh, I think of the next sign, and then we just got information on US that I can't say yet, but it's definitely going to be this year. Uh, and then I'm making House of Horrors, which is uh, I'm working on now. I'm in pre-production, and we'll be shooting in early 2016. Awesome. Um, uh, and how can people uh, reach you if they need to contact you? <laughs> if they need, uh, well, uh, the, there's uh, Plan9Movie.com has a lot of contact information, and then uh, Darkstone-ENG.com is the website for the the company. Awesome. Um, how about you, Chris? Uh, real quick, I just so you know, I look at some people have been trying to call into the show. Just so you know, I got I, I, people hit me up on Facebook. Um, oh, okay. I'll let them know. Um, you know, Mercenaries is up on uh, on Netflix. Uh, I, I just I just did uh, Mega Shark Four. I also just completed Three Headed Shark Attack. Um, I'm also I'm in prep now to shoot a film called Minutes to Midnight, which starts shooting in about three weeks, and then um, it looks like maybe one to two more uh, directing gigs this year and, and producing somewhere in between. So, same busy. All right. And um, how can uh, people reach you if they need to contact you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook at, uh, at Crystal and Ray. Or um, you can, it's, it's, my email address is pretty simple. It's the name of my company, which is Tiki Terrors at Gmail. All right. And do you have a, I think you have a Twitter too, if I'm correct. Do you ever use it? Uh, you know, I don't know if you notice it or not, but I, I, I don't use it very much. And same with, uh, same with Instagram. Um, but they're all, they're all pretty much based on Tiki Terrors. Okay. Well, uh, thank you uh, so much, guys, for calling in. Especially Chris for calling in at the, you know, the coming in at the last minute. That was really awesome. So really appreciate that. Um, and uh, everybody, thank you guys for listening. Tune in Thursday. It'll be the last uh, show of this uh, month. We're gonna, I'm gonna take a break for three uh, weeks after this. So, um, and I think I've got Adam Steigert and uh, possibly Adam Albert, uh, both directors, uh, coming on on Thursday night, 11.30 p.m. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you guys once again for coming on. Uh, thank you for having us. Have, yeah. Have a great, Have a great night. Okay. Bye.